Amen. Let's look at the Word of God today. Let's open up to 2 Peter chapter 1. We'll start there. Let's pray over the Word before we start. Father God, we pray and ask for Your help today, for utterance from You, Lord, that it would be the words of God and not the words of man, Lord, that, it would, that we would receive it with true and pure hearts and keep it and use it, that we would produce a harvest of goodness in, the, in our lives and in the lives of those that we would touch. And we thank you for every good thing that you'll do in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Second Peter 1. Everybody happy? Okay, if you're not, we'll be happy before you leave. All right? This is a good place to get happy. Thank you, Lord. Second Peter. Did I say Second Peter? Oh, good. Second Peter, verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. You know, when God starts talking, when you start hearing from the Holy Spirit, you start hearing words in front of your other words. You know, faith is a great word, but he'll say precious faith. It's not just faith to him because his faith is precious Your faith is precious to God. Why? Because it allows Him access into your life and it allows you access into His grace. Amen? We access, we appropriate the things given by grace by our faith. Amen? So how how many know that the more you believe is in that grace, the more you'll receive from that grace? We got people that are only opening up the package and they see salvation in the top. They grab out their salvation and they throw the box away. You know what? Within that salvation is deliverance, is healing, is prosperity, is peace, is joy. They are foregoing all the good things of God for their ticket to heaven. That's a great thing. Get your ticket to heaven. Amen. Open up your box. That's the first thing you should be looking for. I want to see Jesus. Amen. But after you get that, God has so much more. Do not stop at the top. Dig deep into what He has for us. His grace is so good. And it was so thorough. His redemption plan was it missed not one thing. The plan of redemption redeemed you now. You know, we got people that believe that part, part of redemption happens when you get to heaven. Most of redemption you won't need when you get to heaven. You'll be in heaven. You've got to be redeemed to get to heaven. Amen? His redemption plan starts now. When it said you'll have everlasting life, then you'll have it now. Everlasting begins now. It actually began a long time ago. Amen? Precious faith. To them that have obtained like precious faith, not just to them that that are looking for precious faith, them that have obtained it with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What's he saying? You can get more grace? You can get more peace? Yeah, he's saying he desires it to be multiplied to you. And then he tells you how you can have it multiplied through the knowledge of love. Your grace and peace are multiplied through the knowledge of love. God is love, and Jesus was a perfect example of his love for you. Amen? So your grace and peace are multiplied within you and through you 
when you know more about this love and when you know more about how this love gave for you. How many know the person that knows more about God's love trusts God more? Right? My daughter trusts me exclusively. Why? Because everything I tell her she's going to have, she gets. She likes it too. And she'll ask me for things, and I'll say no. And she'll ask me for things, and I'll say yes. And she knows whatever I say, I'm going to do. Why? Because I love her. Not because, not just because, because she doesn't ask for things she needs. She never asks for things she needs. She expects the things she needs. Right? Isn't that what God said? He said, don't worry about your needs. He said, seek me. Seek me. My daughter, she hasn't asked for a need in her whole life. When she opens the refrigerator, she expects food to be in there. And if it's not the right food, she says, we're out of this. Could you get some? Right? She's not looking for needs. When she asks, she asks for not needs. Cars. <laughs> necklaces. She, she asks for things... When you get a Christmas list from her, you get a Christmas list. You better get your wallet beefed up before you ask her for a Christmas list. We, we thought she had everything this year, so we thought, well, well, we'll see what she wants. And so we asked her, man, she had, she had a list. She was ready. She was prepared. You know, she, she's got it, but she doesn't have small vision. I didn't raise her to have small vision. You know, at the same time, that same girl went out the day she turned 16 and got two jobs. And she went to college, first thing she did, she went and got a job. She appreciates the things, she still asks me to do her things, so she's spending her money on her, but (laughs) that's okay, I like being dad. Do you think there's ever going to be a time where God says, I want you to be self-sufficient, I want to quit helping you? No, God is a father from the time you're born to the, and you never leave. So he's your father forever. Amen? You're just going to get closer to him. We get to move in next door soon. Amen? And the more we know about him and his goodness, I'm not nearly as good as him. The more we know and believe in that goodness towards us, that love for us, and we refuse to have any other thoughts... And that's the key to it. We settle for way less than God's best. We settle for way less than than His redemption and His grace has given. (laughs) Well, it got quiet. What do you mean, Dave? Hey, don't settle for less than His best. He said He's pleased with our prosperity. If you're not prospering wholly, He's not happy yet. Right? right. Say, well, you know, all my bills got paid, though. I just don't have enough to buy food. But, you know, at least my bills got... No! I could not imagine Ramsey coming up to me and saying, Dad, can I have some money? Well, I'll give you enough to pay your bills, but you're not going to be able to eat this week. That is not a good father. It's not a good image of the father. People say, well, maybe you don't deserve it. He gave everybody stuff they didn't deserve, and he didn't give you what you did deserve. Amen? Amen. We need to quit treating people according to what they deserve. Oh, people don't like that statement, do they? 
We treat them according to love. We die for them when they're they're our enemy. Amen? But we have to first have that trust in God before we can show that trust in God to others. Amen? And to know the love of God is to gain the trust in God. That verse that Dan was reading, the, the way people will trust Him is when they have a knowledge of His unfailing love for them. And they need to put that word in front of it. He has an unfailing love. In other words, without fail, His love will always meet your need. Without fail, His love will always do what it says in the Word. His love will go above and beyond what you thought or asked or imagined. His love will always do good for you. And you must have trust in that to even begin to believe in it. Many people will never ask for the things from God because they don't, they, don't, they don't understand or believe in His true love for them. Most of the time, it's just a lack of knowledge of His love. Amen? Say, so Dave, you going to talk about love all day? I don't know. I didn't plan on it. But everything about God is love, so I guess I could. Until, you guys, until, until we all have it, I guess. And let, does somebody in here have everything on love? Because if you do, we here. I don't got it all. Amen? There's some good English for you, too. Don't got it all. Amen. Where was I? Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power has given us all things. His divine power has given us all things. All things. Now, see, that's where that's when you want to stop. When you have all things, then it's time to say, okay, I got everything God had for me. He's given us all things. It says, according to His divine power. What is His divine power? Love. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead? Love. Amen? And according to His divine power, He's given us all things that pertain to life and godlikeness. Godliness. In other words, He's given us everything we need to have His kind of life, the abundant, peace-filled, joy-filled, love-filled life that He has for us. Zoe. Amen? He's given us everything that we need. This is the John 10.10 kind of life that we need for this life and to be like Him. Why? What's He saying? Because once you have the life of God in you, then the things of God come come out of you. He doesn't want you to just have this life for you. He wants you to give this life to others. What did Jesus say? I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And then Jesus gave us the ministry that He had in the earth. So everywhere you go, you should go as someone who came to give life and more abundant life. In other words, when you leave someplace, people should say, man, I feel better. You know, when you leave some place, say, I, I, I didn't have peace when they came, but I got peace now. We should, everywhere we go, we carry the life of God in us, and so the life of God should come through us to others. Amen? But we don't want to settle. We can't continue to settle for, the, for His least and expect to give His best. Amen? So it's too many people that are settling. They'll say, well, I got enough... You know, I got enough. I got a nice house. I got a nice car. I don't need more. You need more. Why? Because you're a giver. Givers need more. Givers can't have too much. That's why God gives us too much. Because a giver can't have too much. Because they're givers. 
they are apt to do something good all the time. Right? Some, I was doing offering a couple weeks ago, and I said, I wonder what an uncheerful giver looks like. And God stopped me and said, there's no such thing. There is absolutely no such thing as an uncheerful giver. Because you can't give uncheerfully. You might throw something at somebody and have them take it, but it will not be a gift. Right? That's why God loves a cheerful giver. Because if you're uncheerful, you are not a giver. Right? If you're not happy about giving your tithe and offering, then it's not acceptable. (laughs) Okay, we're not going to take up another offering. But that is true. (laughs) God wants us to have His best. So He gives us His life in us and His characteristics because He knows that's how I can get my best to them. Amen? And we've too often settled for His least. We've too often said, in America especially, we're too often saying, ah, that's good enough, I'm okay. Not for God. Amen? Let's search and seek out His best. We don't want the enemy to have anything that's ours. And we don't want to leave anything on the table. Amen? When we're done with our life, we want to say just like Paul did, I have fought the good fight of faith. In other words, I've finished my course. What is Paul Paul saying? He didn't just do everything that God told him to do. He was everything that God told him to be. There's more to it than just getting the job done. It's being who God called you to be while you get the job done. Amen? Glory to God. Well, I better do something or we ain't going to get anywhere near this. God's good. He leads us. He shows us what we need to hear. I don't bring this stuff out here. God show, he, he, said, he gives the Scriptures and then says, start talking and I'll show up. He told me that years ago in Bible study. I said, God, what am I going to say? He said, you show up, I'll say. And, I, and every time I have, He said. Amen? Glory to God. It says, according to His divine power, He's given us all things. All things. Keep that in mind. All things. Through the knowledge of Him that have called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding Great and precious promises. Not just promises. Anybody gives promises. God gives exceeding great and precious promises. (laughs) When God says, I'm going to give you something, don't get ready for the least. Get ready for the most. Amen? Amen? In other words, when you're believing God for something, go to the highest level of your faith because He's going to go hundred times over that. Amen? Glory to God. Because His promises are exceeding great and and precious. Amen? I like those kind of promises. And that by these promises, we might be partakers of His divine nature. In other words, because of these promises, we become like Him. We, We participate in His nature. Now a lot of people say, what's that mean? It means you you have now love in you. Right? You have the ability to love where you didn't have it before. Why? Because now you have love in you. You now have His nature in you and you you partake of His nature. In other words, we now have the ability not only to love, to have peace, to have joy, we now have the ability to truly prosper. True prosperity begins spiritually. It begins with peace and joy. If If we get a hold of the things of God, 
the things of this world are already ours. You don't see where Abraham went around saying, I wonder if I'm going to have enough today. I wonder, wonder how i got to start believing God for more cattle and more. No, he did what God said, and he sought God all the days of his life, and he was very rich. Why? Because the two go hand in hand. He didn't have to think about whether or not he would be very rich. He sought God. we got too many Christians thinking about, wonder if I'll be very rich. doesn't matter. Seek God. Seek God, do what God says to do. Riches will overtake you. Amen? There's too many people that are seeking the riches. They're trying to seek the riches through God. <laughs> right? No. Seek God. You don't have to seek riches. There's nowhere in the Bible He said seek to be rich. No, He said seek me. Seek me. Seek, seek, my, hand. seek my face, not my hand. Amen? He's a good God. He's a good God. And He's given us the ability to be partakers of His divine nature, having escaped the corruption through the rest of this world, through this world, through, in this world through lust. Amen? We have, the, we have the ability to be partakers of His divine nature. We have exceeding and great precious promises. But we fall short so many times because we just want what, the, whatever makes us feel good. God wants us to go up over and beyond that. We've got to quit being settlers. Settlers. I don't know how you'd say that word. We've got to quit settling. Amen? For least and his best. You know, a good, a good example is, you know, if we get a cold, we should fight that like we fight cancer. Somebody, somebody gets a cancer report, man, they go get every healing CD, every, every book, every scripture. Man, they tape them to their window. They put them on their mirrors, they, on their refrigerator. Man, every time they, you see them, I'm the healed of the Lord. Somebody gets a cold, man, they say, you know, I'm just fighting a cold. I'll be okay, though. That's settling. That is settling. I've settled. I have settled for less than God's back. Best. Guess what? The stripes on Jesus' back covered sickness. Whatever falls under the category of sickness and disease is in that category. And it's covered by Jesus. In 1 Peter 2.24, it's covered. Right? I mean, how many people like it when, they, when people come to you and say, you just never get sick? Isn't that nice? That's the way we ought to be. You know, I, I was thinking the other day, we, we were trying to think of when my daughter missed school. She didn't. She, that, thank you, Lord, for that promise. She did not miss any days of school. My mom wouldn't let us miss days of school. Man, she said, oh, you don't feel good? Well, guess what? You're healed. And healed people go to school. I just know we could have walked in and said, Mom, I'm missing three fingers. Should I go to school today? She'd go, well, heal people would. <laughs> I like that. Thank God she was that way. Glory to God. She didn't settle. Amen? But too many times we will. We'll settle for half of our bills getting paid. Think about, that's tradition. Look at, look at Matthew 15 and verse 6 in the Amplified. What that is, is that's tradition. And, and we don't realize it as Word of Faith people because we say, well, we're Word of Faith people. We don't have tradition. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We just make our own. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, that's why it's tradition. 
Right? We make our own. That's why we stay in the Word of God, because it, it directs us and gives us small corrections all the way along the way so that we can get to where we're going. Right? There's nothing wrong with small corrections. Correction, correction is to show you you did it wrong and then show you you did it right, how to do it right. Right? It's not, it's not to tell you how bad you are. That's not correction. When you see a parent go up to their kid and say, you're a bad kid, you've never been a good kid, you're not worth anything, that's not correction. That has nothing to do with correction, has nothing to do with love, and it's not God. But when you see a parent go up and say, you can't do things that way, here's how we want to do them. From now on, you turn this way, you do this, you do it this way, and, and because I love you, I don't want to see you hurt. That's love. That's correction and direction. Amen? If somebody tells you what you should be doing but never tells you how to do it, they're not, that's not God-like. God never just tells us how to do or what to do. He tells us how to do it. He gives us His very own life to do it with. Amen? Amen. So for the sake of your traditions, Matthew 15, 6 in the Amplified, rules handed down by your forefathers. How many know? Many times we just, this is what we saw them do, and it worked for them, so we're going to do it that way. <laughs> or it didn't work for them, but that's the way they said it's always going to be. Amen? For the rules handed down by your forefathers, you've set aside the Word of God. In other words, you've put His best over here to believe what you believe. (laughs) Yeah? No, people say, what do you mean? Because when we do that, when we settle for less than His Word says, if His Word says, I take pleasure in your prosperity, if we settle for average... Amen? I was a very average student. I settled. I, in fact, is I wouldn't study as long as I knew I could make a C. That's not God-like. I'm serious. I could lie to you, but that's what I did. I did just enough to make a C because I knew Mom wouldn't go for a D. <laughs> she didn't like Cs, but at some point she said... So I studied just enough to make Cs. That's what I did. That's not the way you can serve God. C students don't, you know what, there's never been a time where God said, you know what, just do enough to get this message. And the fact is, you'll probably only need about an hour to study to get this message. No, we study, we may study three and four days to get one message. Amen? And then you come out here and it's nothing like what you thought. I still haven't said anything I thought I was going to say today. Thank you, Lord. But I put the Word in me so He could use it. Amen? Thank you, Lord. But we set aside the Word of God when we settle for the least. Amen? When we settle for His least. If you say, well, God, just save me. I don't care if I'm in turmoil all my life. You forwent His peace. You know, I know I'll never be happy, but at least I'll go to heaven someday. No, He wants you to have joy right here. We're leaving too much on the table we're settling for less than his best and it's not his will and we're setting aside the word of god to do it because if it says in first peter 2 24 by whose stripes ye were healed that's what it means but see we've got people all over the world said well that was spiritually that's that doesn't even make sense that makes no sense that's kind of like when they, think, they, they said, I was talking to somebody about 3 John 2 one time, and they said, well, that was just a letter he was writing to his friends. 
why did God let that in the Bible then? I mean, that is setting aside the Word of God and depriving it of force and power. And we do that in little ways when we accept less than is best. Amen? We're not going to do that though, right? Amen. Let's look at a couple instances. You know, the uh, Old Testament is not what you want to send people a new Christian to read. (laughs) Right? Have them read the book of John first. Get a hold of love and God's love for them. Then read the Old Testament because you're going to be very confused. Right? You're going to say, ooh, God, he's mad and mean. Right? Well, that's what, the, that's what the Pharisees thought. Right? That's what the children... That's why Jesus... When Jesus came, the true image of God to this earth... I don't have to look at the Old Testament to see what God was like. God sent us a perfect image of Himself in Jesus. If you saw Jesus do it, that was what God would have done. That was His way. That was His will. That's my image of God. Therefore, I never get away from God's love because Jesus is an image of God's love. Amen? And so that's where we tell people, right? But the Old Testament has such good examples of people unwilling to have less than God's best. These people were... That, let's look at Joshua. Here's just a good one. Because what they got was they got a promise from God and they held on. Think about Moses. I mean, we don't even read about Moses. He got a word from the Lord and when everybody else was complaining, Moses was never complaining. Why? He was not going to accept less than God's best. Right? Everybody else could murmur and complain. Moses was having the best. Even when God was about to quit on him, Moses said, no, God. Why? Because he was not going to have less than God's best. He knew what God wanted for these people. It says in the book, it says, he knew God's ways. Right? In Psalm 1037, is that what it is? Right? He knew God's ways. The children of Israel knew his deeds. I think it's Psalm 103.7. We won't go there, but that's what it is. I'm going with it. Amen. <laughs> Joshua, in Joshua 1.5, Joshua had just taken over for God's servant, Moses. And, and, and in 1.5 it says, Here's a word from the Lord for you, Joshua. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, Joshua was one of the three that held on to God's Word, right? He was the one that wouldn't settle for living out in the desert. He said, that's our land. We should take it. God said so. He didn't just say we should take it. He said, God said so. If you've got a promise from God, nothing else should stop you, right? He could have said, well, it's pretty nice out here in the desert. We kind of built some nice tents. We could make a pretty good city here. No, this isn't what God said I could have. See, we got too many people that are settling for, for just at the wall when they're supposed to go over the wall and into the city. Amen? God's plan is the best. Amen? So Joshua has this promise, right? No man will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As, as, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you, nor forsake you. If God says, I won't fail you, nor forsake you, there's no reason to settle for less than his best. No reason. No reason whatsoever. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So let's move on to about chapter 7 and verse 1. 
It says, But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, the son of Carmi, or Carmi, whatever, Car-something, and the son of Zemri, and the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Everybody says, oh, God was mad at them. God was mad at them for doing that. Yes, he was. You know why? Because it took away his ability to help them. God didn't get mad just so he, you know, people think he's going to get mad and he's going to hurt people. No, he got mad because he couldn't help people. How many parents I got in here? Huh? Does it make you mad when you can't get to your kid the best that they could have because of something they're doing? Amen? That's God. That's God. Love is always looking to give, and when something blocks that giving, it makes you aggravated. And His anger burned against them. Amen? Verse 2, it says, Now Joshua sent from Jericho to Ai, A-I, I, I don't know how you say it, it's Ai, I think, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east in Bethel, and of Beth, east of Bethel, you know, <laughs> you notice... They had to give, I was so small, they had to give where it was, right? This was a guy giving directions, right? See, ladies, they need addresses and street names. Guys need landmarks, Amen. <laughs> right? Like with me, you say it's beside the McDonald's and across from the Taco Bell. <laughs> I say, oh, yeah, I know right where that is. Yeah, for sure. What, by the Kentucky Fried Chicken? Yeah. Fact is, sometimes people tell me where something is, and I'll, I'll tell them the restaurants that are near it. <laughs> right? Well, I was between these two cities. And Joshua, he said, go up and spy out the region. So the men went and spied out I. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the people will have to go. In other words, this isn't, very, this isn't a very big job. You know, not all the people are going to have to go. Take only a few men. He said, don't weary all the people, just take a few. So about 3,000 men went up, but they were routed. Interesting to hear that word. They were routed by the men of Ai, who killed 36 of them. God considers losing just a little more than 1% a rout. In other words, if you lose 1% of what God's promised to you, Because God said no man will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. This in today's world would be called acceptable loss. Exactly. That's what it would be called. They'd say, well, 1%? Just just over 1%? Big deal, man. 2,964 came home. They didn't get routed. They just lost a few men. God said they got routed. Why? Because when God sends you somewhere to do it God's way, you lose nothing. In fact is, you gain everything. You go in and you take the city and then you take all their stuff. That's God's idea. Why? Because He's already victorious. He's not waiting to be victorious. He is victorious. And He thinks we should be victorious. He doesn't go after us. He doesn't go with us. He goes before us. Amen? But because of what they had done, He could not do this. Therefore, they lost 36 men. A rout. And they chased the Israelites from the city. The Israelites ran when they lost 36. Why? They had never lost anybody before. What? We, 
Somebody got killed? What? We don't even know what that is. All we do is win. Right? That's how we should feel that if we lose anything, we should be surprised. If we don't gain everything, it should surprise us. We should say, what? Well, I only got $600? A thousand's what I'm expecting. I'll stay and wait for my other 400 Hallelujah. Right? Too many people would say, well, you got, you got, you got 600 man. That's over 50% of what you're believing for. No! God said a thousand. Right? How many people in here are getting a hundredfold on all their giving? I didn't say how many people are believing for a hundredfold. How many are getting a hundredfold? We're going to believe to get a hundredfold. God said we could have a hundredfold. And then if your vision can get there, He said you can have a thousandfold. But it's not for the people who quit. Amen? Did Joshua quit when all this happened? No. It upset him. Look at his reaction in verse 6. It says, Then Joshua... Well, wait a second. Read the end of verse 5. It says, it says They chased them and struck them, down, struck them down on the slopes. And at this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Why? This, ha- this doesn't happen to us. This doesn't happen to us. We should, we should not accept any... They didn't accept it. Even the people didn't accept it. They're, they're like, why? This doesn't happen to us. We're winners. And Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. And the elders of Israel did the same. What happened? Nobody understood this. And Joshua said, I'm finding out what's going on. We don't lose. And when we don't receive God's best, that's the way we ought to be. We ought to say, wait a second, I don't lose. I don't get half a healing. Right? It'd be like, it'd be like the, the man that saw men as trees, the blind man. And, and, he, and he went up to Jesus and Jesus laid hands on him and he said, how, how do you see now? And he goes, glory to God, I see men like trees. I've never seen men like trees before. I, I couldn't see men like trees. Now I see them like trees. Thank you so much. And he runs off seeing men like trees all the rest of his life. No! It wasn't good enough for God. He doesn't do half works. He said, come back. And he laid hands on him again, and he saw perfectly. What about the man that came to Jesus with the deaf and the dumb spirit? God didn't say, well, let him hear. He don't need to speak. That's more than he had when he came. Right? We, we, we would run away saying, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear. No, don't run away and be happy with less than God's best. Be happy and thankful for what you got, but stay and get the rest. Amen? Glory to God. Let's fight for our right to have God's best in our life. He's not going to quit giving until you pull away the, the container to put it into. And when you say, that's a, that great, look what I got, you walk away and, and He's still pouring. He's still pouring out blessings and you're walking away happy with what you got. Be happy with what you got, but always looking for more. If the, if, if the Word says it, don't settle for less than the Word says. Right? If the Word says you can be healed from cancer, then you can be healed from a cold. Right? If the Word says you can have 30 
fold return, then you can have 60 and 100 fold return. Why? Because they're listed in there too. I mean, if somebody came up to you and said, I got $30, $60, or $100, which one do you want? The person that says 30, don't ask them to pray for you. <laughs> they're believing for the least that they can get by with. They're doing what I did. They're C average. If I asked my daughter that, she'd say, do you got another hundred to go with that other hundred? Because I needed a hundred to do this, but I'm going to need a hundred to do that too. That's the way we ought to be. And God say, I like that. I like that. It's like when you grab all the change. Any grandpas ever did, used to do this? My grandpa used to. He'd grab all the change out of his pocket and he'd shake it. And he'd say, he'd say take what you want. Man, the smart kid went. Hallelujah. Why? Because Grandpa wasn't saying just take a quarter. You want all of it? There it is. That's what God's doing. He's saying, I got healing. I got life. I've got deliverance. I got joy. I got peace. I got love. I've got prosperity. I got your healing. Take what you want. And we pull out a dime and say, thank you so much, God. And he's sitting there with a handful of all this stuff. Joshua said, no. He said, this can't be. He threw a fit. He threw a fit. And he found out what happened. And he went back and took I. Right? Well, what, if he'd have, what if he'd have been like, I said, well, you know, that's a little bitty city anyway. There's not even any good restaurants there. <laughs> you know, or else come up with a new doctrine. Here's the one, we, here's the famous one. Come up, oh, I must have heard the Lord wrong. He didn't say go take I. He just wanted me to go look at it. Right? God said take all the lands around you. Right? And if you do anything less than that, you came up with a new doctrine. Right? He's the God who heals all your sicknesses. And all your diseases. Right? And He gives you all things. Right? All sufficiency at all times. And if you're having less than that, it's not enough. Amen? Joshua wouldn't take it. And he believed God. He found out what was wrong. And he took I. Amen? Glory to God. Let's look at David. Let's go to Ziklag. Let's go to Ziklag. You guys want to go to Ziklag? 1 Samuel 30. It's only 10.30. We're in good shape. Oh, you guys forgot I never reset my watch when I come here. <laughs> uh God is so good to us, isn't He? You know, I used to teach Bible studies, and I was telling you that earlier. And, you know, people would come in. Most of those people that came in that said I was crazy, they now go to our church. They came with me to our church when it came. Amen? Several of them are on staff at our church now. Many of them are ushers. Lots of those people that were in my Bible studies, they figured out God was good. Why? Because people want to know that God's good. Even those that are trying to argue with you and say, well, the, the Word doesn't say this and the Word says that. No, they're trying to get you to convince them. Don't quit. Don't quit. T- tell them how good God is every chance you get. Every time they see your life, they should see the goodness of God. And they'd say, well, you know, I don't believe what he believes about the Word, but by golly, it sure is working. And then one day they'll say, you know what? I think I believe that now. Right? Why? Because people don't like being sick, broke, and defeated. 
People don't like it. Anybody in here like being sick, broken, defeated? I don't care how much sympathy you get, it doesn't make it fun. I'll guarantee you, when you get sick and you're laying in bed with the flu, no one can give you enough sympathy to make that flu worth it. Right? When people are thinking, well, if I was hurt, they'd feel bad about themselves. You don't want to get hurt to make somebody feel bad. Get blessed to make them feel bad so they'll want what you have. Amen? Glory to God. Ziklag. It came to pass when David and his men were coming were, were come to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites. Those Amalekites are troublesome, troublesome people. Start reading about them in Genesis. They don't get Genesis and they don't get any better. Even today, I don't think. <laughs> the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag. I guess so. All they had there was the women and the kids. Right? And burned it with fire and had taken the women captives and, and were therein, that were therein. They slew not any of them, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Now, you've got to remember, we hear this, the people that found the camp, they didn't know that none of them were killed. There's no, I mean, you walk into your city or your house and it's burned down and your kids and your wife are gone, is your first thought going to be, oh, thank God they didn't kill them? You don't know that. Your first thought's going to be, what happened here? Where are my wife? What's happened to my wife and kids? These people, you know, people don't want to act like this isn't how they would react. It's exactly how we would react. Amen? (laughs) We're peoples too. And we're apt to do it just this way. That's why we have these books, so that we can say, okay, how did they react when bad things happened? Because they won. Or they lost. I don't want to react that way. Amen? And uh, so they came in, and, and, and I know that the Amalekites didn't leave them a note. Didn't say, hey, came, took your stuff, took your wives and kids, but we didn't kill them. We got them. We're going to make slaves out of them. So be happy that we just didn't come get you too. There was no note. There was nothing left there. The Amalekites came, took them, left. They didn't know what had happened. We have the word. They didn't. Amen? said, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and said, Lord, we are upset. You promised us better than this, and we're gonna, we want our stuff back. We, no. That, no, they did just what we do many times. They wept. They whined and they cried. In fact, is they cried so much, they couldn't cry anymore. I guess they wore their tear ducts out. They couldn't get any more tears. They wept until they had no more power to weep. Now see, today, we would call some weepers in. We'd say, I've been crying, and I can't cry anymore. I need some help crying. Can you come over and cry with me? Because I haven't cried about this enough. I'm still sad. I still feel bad. I obviously need to express my feelings more. You need to take your feelings and shove them back inside. Amen? And quit calling people unless you're going to call somebody to encourage you. Unless you're going to call somebody to believe God with you. Unless you're going to call somebody who's in faith. Amen? Because crying, if you'll notice, didn't bring about any change. 
when they were when they cried until they couldn't cry no more, all their wives and kids showed back up. No, no, not one wife, not one kid showed back up because crying until you can't cry no more and whining to God is not faith and it does not bring about change. All right? We got people that actually believe that's how you pray. Oh God, oh God, why? Why I did this, I did that, I, I, I went here, I went there, I did what you said, I've done everything I know to do, I'm a tither, I'm this, I'm that. And, and God's like, I'm waiting for some faith here. I'm, look, I'm looking for something I can grab onto. If we'll give him one thing to grab onto, give, give him a thread, then he'll grab a hold and help. But you haven't given him even a toehold. Whiny prayers. What, what Brother Moore said? Beggars aren't believers? <laughs> no. Glory to God. Lost my place. Women, they cried until they couldn't cry anymore. <laughs> Did not bring about victory. And David, verse 5, David's two wives were taken captive as well. Uh, uh, he, uh, I don't have any idea how you say that. Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife. Why, didn't, why couldn't she have had a name like Abigail? Everybody can say Abigail. Right? Ahinoam, the Jezreelite. And Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Carmelite. That sounds like a nice candy, doesn't it? Could I have a Carmelite at the end of my meal? (laughs) You have that right after you find the McDonald's and the Taco Bell. (laughs) David's two wives were taken too. In other words, David had just as much right to be down, to feel sad, to give up, to quit as anybody there. But one big difference, David was the leader. David was the head. If the head faints, guaranteed the body's going down. Amen? David knew that he couldn't faint. Everybody says, well, yeah, but he was sad and crying. He, he couldn't cry anymore. And then the next very next verse it says, and David was greatly distre- distressed. David wasn't greatly distressed because of his wife's. It tells you why David was greatly distressed right after that. It says, David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. He was distressed not because they were going to stone him, but because they had spoken of stoning him. Why? Because they are quitting. He was distressed because they were about to faint. Love never likes to see people quit. People always say, well, yeah, he was distressed. They were going to kill him. He, he was distressed. No, had nothing to do with it. He was distressed because they spoke of stoning him and, the, and their soul was grieved. He knew the value of what they were doing was nil. It had no value. And that if he didn't do something fast, this put, would they, not only were their wives and children never coming back, they were going down. Amen? Because this is a prelude to losing. If you find yourself mad at the man of God, you're not mad at the man of God, you're mad at God. Well, I can't believe my husband can't be here this weekend because he has to go on that mission trip. You're not mad at your husband, you're mad at God. God sent your husband on a mission trip. <laughs> well, it got quiet. People think they're mad at a person 
But what they're mad at is God because God told the person to do something. These people were, if that stoning David was like stoning God. Why, you mean David's God? No, but David represented God in that, in that instance. He was the leader that had been placed in that position and they were mad because the leader didn't come through for them. And if the leader didn't come through, who didn't come through? God, because David was trusting in God. So ultimately who they're mad at is God. And David saw the danger in that, and he was distressed. So he went and hid in a cave until they all got unmad at him. Is unmad a word? Is today. Is today. Until he had to go get in a cave and hide because all the people were mad at him, and he needed to find a place to go because he, he couldn't think of anything else to do. And, and they had the right to be mad at him. After all, God failed him. You know, what else should I do? I, I guess I should quit. i got to get away from them. No, David didn't do any of that stuff. He didn't run. He stayed. Amen? It says, All the people were grieved. The, the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself. Glory to God. Sometimes there ain't going to be nobody else there to encourage you. You don't need somebody else to encourage you. Yes, it is great to have a faith buddy. It is great to have somebody to go to and say, pump me up. Right? But it's better to have a word from the Lord. This is David. This is the guy who wrote, call upon me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you. This was David who who believed in the unfailing love of God. He wrote about it. This is David. And he began to encourage himself with the very words that were in his heart. Amen? This is David. This, think about Psalm 42.5. This, this is the kind of stuff. Put up Psalm 42.5. This is the kind of stuff David did when, when bad things happened, when it looked bad. He said, why are you downcast? <laughs> yeah. Who's he talking to? Himself. He grabbed himself by the ear and he said, Hey, what are you doing being downcast? He said, Now, why are you so downcast, my soul? Why are you disquieted? Why are you grieving within me? What in the world are you thinking? Winners don't do this. Right? It's like that movie. There's no crying in baseball. (laughs) There's no losing in God. There is no losing in God. He says, why are you downcast? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise Him. In other words, I ain't quitting. I haven't won yet, so I'm not quitting. When When I win, that's when the game's over. It's not over until I win. Because I'm going to praise Him. He is my help. He's the help of my countenance. In other words, he's the one that decides whether I'll be cast down. And he says, you won't be downcast. He said, you'll be full of joy no matter what. He says, you can rejoice in all things. Amen? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Hope in God. Glory to God. And David encouraged himself. He didn't say, why? Why, Lord? Why me? Why? Why, why, why? Why is a question that losers ask. It's a question that quitters ask. Right? 
Right? Was that his next prayer? He said, okay, God, I need to know why. Even Joshua, when he tore his clothes, he didn't need to know why. He needed to know what. He wasn't looking for the why. He knew why he lost 36 men. Something wasn't right because I don't lose. That's the way we should be. When something doesn't go right for us, we say, something ain't right. I don't lose. Wait a second. I'm the winner. Right? I'm sorry, I must be sitting in the wrong seat because I'm the winner. Let me move. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He found the word that had been spoken to him. He talked about his refuge and his shield and his fortress. Amen? The God in whom he trusts. Glory to God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither. Bring a hither. Hither. How many people say hither? Anybody say hither in here? I don't say hither. Bring, bring me here the ephod. But, but Abiathar, he did exactly what he said. He brought it thither. He added a T to it. He went hither and brought thither. Glory to God. It's like a Dr. Seuss book. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And in David inquired of the Lord. Now David inquired of the Lord. That doesn't mean he said, Lord, why? I don't understand. I've done what you said. I fought the fight you told me to fight. I, I, I honored Saul even when he wasn't worthy. I did this. I did that. I, 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 Lord, he didn't bring up all his works. Right? He didn't even say, he didn't try to bring up what he'd done wrong. He said, Lord, I know why this happened. I got mad at that person the other day, and I shouldn't have done this, and I shouldn't have done that. You got two, you got two rules. You got two people. You got two people. You got one that can't ever deserve it, and one that deserves it so much they can't get it. Right? I don't want to be either one of those people. I want to do what David did. He inquired of the Lord, and what did he inquire? He said, He said, I know who I am, and I know who you are. So people say, That's not in there. He had to know it to say what he just said. He said, shall I pursue after this troop? And shall I overtake them? In other words, should I just start now and go beat them up? That's, that's somebody that's encouraged. And he said, shall I go ahead now and go beat them up? And I just love what the Lord says. And the Lord answered him and says, pursue, for you will surely overtake them. And without fail... Recover all. He didn't say, pursue them and get there. And when you get there, we'll see how many of them there is. And if there's not too many, maybe we can get half your stuff back. That'd be pretty good, huh, David? Half, huh? You know what? You lose a few kids, you lose a few wives. Huh? You know what? Some gold, silver, you went and it wasn't yours anyway. You took it from somebody else. Huh? How, how about one of your wives and the other, everybody else can have one of their kids and one wife. That's not God. God said, pursue them and you will surely overtake them and without fail. In other words, this is a zero fail mission. You will recover all. That's how we need to be. We need to hear that word and take it. When God says go do something, don't go and get half of what He told you to get. Go and get all of it. And refuse... Don't, that, after that, He had a word from the Lord. Nothing changed in David from that moment forward. 
People that know the love of God have a confidence that will carry them through anything. Why? Because they know that the Lord of God, the Lord God goes before them and victory is there before they get there. God had already promised them to overtake him and recover all. All he had to do was do what God said. Amen? And so they, they get on their way. Why? Because they're going to recover all. So David went with 600 men that were with him, and they came to the brook of Besor, where, they, where those who were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men. Why? Because 200 of them couldn't cross the creek. <laughs> How do you reckon their wives felt <laughs> when they came back? I don't want to be those 200. Oh, you couldn't come get us? All these 400 could come get their wives, but you couldn't come get your wife. Too tired, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those husbands. Mm-mm. <laughs> 200 of them were too faint. 200 of them couldn't do it. 200 of them quit. Right there. They said, we can't do it. You notice, notice David didn't say, you big sissies. If you just had faith, you could do it. That is not a love sentence. If you ever find yourself saying, if you just have faith, you could do it, check your love before you let that out of your mouth. Because you're getting ready to hurt somebody worse than you've ever hurt them. It's not a good sentence. Amen? And I know many of us have said it in our youngness, but we're not youngness anymore. Youngness a word is today. (laughs) I didn't mean to make you sad. It's not a good sentence. It really isn't. There's things that you say in love, and you you could find a way to say, let's get your faith up. you." You could find a way to build somebody up, but just to directly point at somebody and say, if your faith was there, you could go on. Unless that's the Lord telling you to say it that way, you're getting ready to hurt somebody. Hurting people is never what God does, so you know it ain't God when you say it, if it hurts them. Amen? Glory to God. (laughs) Okay, we'll move on. All right, I'm done with that. I'm done there, okay? We're done. All right. And they found an Egyptian. They they went on their way. They found an Egyptian. Well, you know what the Egyptian was? He was a throwaway by the enemy. That's what the enemy does after you do what he wants you to do. If you can't go on, he just throws you away. This Egyptian was just left behind. Why? Because he couldn't go on anymore. And so they said, fine, die there. We've used you all we want. That's what the devil does. People say, Oh, he's been so good to me. He takes me everywhere. He feeds me. And not until you're in trouble, and then you're gone. The enemy does not love you and does not care about you, and he will leave you just like they left that Egyptian. Amen? <laughs> He'll use you up and, and leave you. And they found the Egyptian, and they said to the Egyptian, Do you know where these people are? We'll go through these next few verses pretty fast around... Through 15, they said, you know where these people are? Can you lead us to them? And this Egyptian said, by golly, yes, I can lead them to you if you just won't kill me. And so they didn't kill him, and they led him, led him straight to the camp of the Amalekites. And in verse 16, it says, And when he brought them down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth. What's he saying? There is a whole bunch of these dudes. There is a great big multitude of people here, and I only have 400, God. I thought you said I could overtake them and recover all, but I can see now I didn't hear from God because they're much greater than us. Is that what David said? He didn't even care. 
It doesn't even say that he took notice that there was more of them than him. It just states that there was a whole bunch of them. Why? Because God wants you to know that it doesn't matter how big your mountain is. It doesn't matter how big the enemy comes against you is. You're bigger because God is greater. And, And David had the greater one going before him. He didn't have to wonder if he was going to win. He already had win in him. Amen? He wasn't waiting to be victorious. He was going to be victorious. Amen? We had too many people waiting on victory to come. Victory came 2,000 and some odd years ago. You are now more than a conqueror. Amen? You don't have to wait anymore. It's time to have. And when they brought him down, they were spread over all the land. They were eating, drinking, and dancing. You reckon that made David mad? They're having a party because they took his wife. And they took his men's wife, and they took his men's kids, and they're having a party. David did not get afraid of the numbers. He got mad at the people. You know he did. He's sitting there, and they're having a party because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And it doesn't even have another verse in between there because David went straight down there after that. And in the very next verse it says, And David smote them. In other words, they're having a party with my stuff? Oh no! And he went down and he smote them. He didn't just smote them, he smote them from the twilight to the evening, to the evening, <laughs> the twilight even unto the evening. He smote them for a whole day. He beat them up. He didn't just start to beat them up. He kept beating them up. And he said, I'm not quitting because I'm here to get everything that you took from me. Too many people give the devil a black eye and leave. Don't give him a black eye. Give him two black eyes. Kick him in the ribs. Put him down on the ground and don't let him get back up. David didn't just just take a few of them and make an example of them. He smote them all from one day to the next. And there wasn't one man escaped them, save 400 young men. Now you know that there were more than him there because there was 400 that ran away. And he said, and he got mad and he smote them. And in verse 18, well, that's stuck. And David did what? He went and recovered all. He didn't go back in there and just get a few things. He said, you know what, we, we don't even have those other 200 men. How are we going to carry all this stuff? We only carry what 400 men can carry, and the rest will just have to stay here. No, he recovered all. David went and he got his wives, he got their wives, he got their kids, he got the 200 men that stayed back and quit, he got their families. Right? That's what love does. Love doesn't say, oh, they quit back there. You're Sorry, guys. Your husbands didn't come to get you. No. He got their stuff for them. Love helps. Love helps. Love always thinks of other people. It doesn't think of what they did wrong. It thinks of what will bless them. What will bring them up. What will bring them out. Amen? He, he, he recovered all. I don't know what the devil has stolen from you. I don't know if it was time. I don't know if it was peace. I don't know if it was joy. I don't know if it was money. It doesn't matter. Recover all. God said it's yours. Go back and get it. Amen? And don't settle for less than all. Because God said all. Amen? 
All is what we should be having. David took the flocks, the herds that he drove, and the other, that which they drove before those other cattle, and said, "This." Is, oh, wait a second. I went. I, went, I got I missed a verse, didn't I? And there, uh, yeah, he recovered all. Gosh, where am I at? Nineteen. There we go. And he recovered all. And David. Yeah. And then he did. And it says, and David took all the flocks and the herds. He didn't just recover all. You know, that's where God comes in. Because David just didn't recover all. He went on and he took their flocks and he took their herds and he took their cattle and he said, guess what? This ain't yours no more. It's mine. Why? Because if a thief is caught, he owes seven times what he stole. Amen? Amen. And he went and he got his stuff and he got their stuff and he said, I'm taking it with me and there ain't nothing you can do about it because you don't got it anymore. Why? Because the enemy doesn't get anything over on us. It's not enough to just get all back. We've got to take all plus some. Amen? If he stole money from you, you get your money back and get more than he took. Amen? Get somebody else's. Amen? That's a more than a conqueror. What? You get all yours and you get theirs. That's more than a conqueror. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And David took all, and this is, he said, this is David's spoil. In other words, this is mine. That's another way to say mine. Mine, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And David came to the 200 men. <laughs> Their wives were with him. <laughs> came to the 200 men with their mad wives. <laughs> The men, the men that were too faint and they could not follow, whom they left at the brook. And they came out to meet him and they saluted him. And then, then answered all the wicked men. In other words, David, wicked, wicked must be people not acting in love. That must be a good description of wicked. Because it said, he said, then all the wicked men and men of Belial, in other words, men thinking like the devil, the world, of those that went with David said, because they went not with us, we will not give them of the spoil that we've recovered. Save to every man his wife and kids. They don't want his wife and kids. Why? They're mad. <laughs> give him back his wife. She's upset with him. <laughs> so they can have his wife and they can have their kids back and they can leave and go away. And David said, yeah, that's right. They didn't help. Forget them. If they, can't, if they were too weak and too faint, you know, once you faint, it's over for you. God is done with you. You've quit. God can't use you anymore. How many people have the devil made that lie to? I, I messed up. God can't use me. God can use you today. He can use you one minute from now if you'll just believe in the love that he has for you and the grace that forgives all your sins and the mercy that endures forever. God can use you. God can use me. He uses people just like you and me, people who have messed up. Amen? Good thing, or he wouldn't be using anybody, would he? (laughs) David answered, and, and then said, David, you won't do this, my brothers. With that which the Lord has given us. Why? The Lord, God, David's not... See, these men said, we went and got this. David didn't say we went and got this. David said, 
you'll not do this with what the Lord has done. The Lord has preserved us. What's he say? He said, you'll not do that with what the Lord has given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us. He, what's he saying? He said, the Lord. He's given credit to where credit is due. Amen? He's not saying, man, I'm David. Look what I did. <laughs> yeah, I got a little mad. They don't mess with me. Don't be taking my wives and kids. No. He said, you don't mess with the Lord. And you don't mess with the Lord's people. And you don't mess with the Lord's children. And you don't mess with anything that God loves unless you want to see God. And they saw David, but they were seeing the Lord. Amen? And he said, you'll not do this with what the Lord's done in verse 24. For who will hearken unto, unto you in this matter? But as his part is that went down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarried here with the stuff they shall part alike. In other words, not only did they get part, they got an equal part. People say, well, that's not right. God says it is. The person that got saved yesterday and the person that got saved 50 years ago has the same grace, has the same salvation, has the same joy, has the same peace, has the same love, has the same thing that everything, every part that God has for them. The person that fainted and walked away and quit and hasn't been back to church, they still have the same part. Amen. They still have the same part. If we see somebody out and they haven't been going to church. We don't act like lightning's getting ready to strike them. We act like we love them because we do, and we're concerned about where they might have been. Amen? Because they still get a part. Feigning does not disqualify you. Feigning just keeps God from doing what He wants to do for you. Right? But when you come back, and He meets you at the river... He'll still have all your stuff. God's a good God. He keeps it for you. When you're not using it, He keeps it for you. You know, I was... Uh, <laughs> I wasted a good 15 years of my life drinking and doing other things, not serving the Lord. I wasted a whole bunch, probably a good 12, 15 years. But you know what I did do, no matter what? And I know this sounds stupid, and most people still tell me to this day it sounds stupid. But I grew up listening to cassette tapes every night when I went to sleep. Brother Copeland. Every night when I went to sleep, I grew up listening to those tapes. I mean, I, not because my mom put them on, I wanted to listen to them. That's what I, I mean, from the time I was 10 years old on, that's all I can remember doing. And when I was in high school doing stupid, stupid, stupid things and not serving the Lord one, with one minute of my life, I would come home drunk and put those tapes in and listen to them. Hallelujah. And when I was in college and my roommate was a drunk just like me, but an unbeliever, at least I was not an unbelieving drunk. <laughs> I would come in and I would put in those tapes. And I would listen to them. Drunk. People say, you were like that, Dave? Yes, I was a sinner. <laughs> Guess what? I still do stupid things. And you know what? There wasn't a day in my life 
that I felt like I was going to hell all through that. You know, people say, well, you might have been. You know what? It wasn't the day in my life I felt like I was. But it wasn't the moral to the story. (laughs) The moral to the story was one day I began serving God again. And, of course, with my house, you were going to because my mom wasn't going to quit praying until you did. Not only were you going to grow up and be the man of God that you were supposed to be, you were going to be the man of God that she had a word from the Lord that you were going to be. fact is I found a, 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 a book, a, whatever you call them, stuff she had written down. And when I was 11 years old, God had given her a word that I would preach the gospel. When I was 11 years old, she never told me that, ever. Why? Because it wasn't her job to prophesy over me. It was her job to pray that God worked through me. Too many parents prophesying over their kids, telling them what they're going to be. That's a lot of pressure, telling them seven-year-old, oh, you're going to be a prophet of God. <laughs> I'm going too long. Um, anyway, when I, when I got out of this, I began to serve God again. And, I, and my wife said, let's go to a Bible study tonight. Uh, it's my bro- boss is having it. And I said, no and no. No would be okay with me on the Bible study thing. And she said, uh, did I mention it was my boss having it? And we kind of needed the money <laughs> because we were way in debt. So not having a job wasn't a good idea. So I said, okay, we'll go to the Bible study. And we get to this Bible study. And it wasn't because I wasn't serving God. I was serving God. We were going back to church and everything else. But I just didn't want to go to Bible study. You know, it was probably Monday night or something. I wanted to watch a football game. (laughs) And so I went to the Bible study. And all of a sudden, everything that I had put into me, drunk or not drunk, began to come out. Every time they said the God... God's mean because he does this. His goodness came up in me. And I had a word from the Lord out of the book that I had put in me. God saved everything. Everything that I was feigning and not getting. Every, every word, every, every part of those tapes I had in me right in here. Not, not because I'm such a great person, but because he's such a good God. He doesn't make you go without it. If you'll put it in, he'll use it one day if you'll allow him to. Amen? He saved it for me. That's the love of God. All that stuff I'd put in, in in my stupidity. Being stupid. It didn't make me less His child. And He saved it all for me there, waiting, expecting for me to come home. And when I did, it was still there. Glory to God. And I started teaching Bible studies from that night forth and I taught Bible studies for 10 years before I met Brother Moore and Mrs. Moore and, and started doing this. Glory to God. God uses people just like you and me who have sat by the river and waited because we fainted, who have done wrong things, who have messed up and walked away, who, who have said things we ought not say. It doesn't matter what we did. God loves us. And He's got something in us for other people. Amen? And we should take everything that He has and that He has for us and we should use it, whether we're the 200 or whether we're the 400, we use it unto the Lord. Amen? We would recover all so that we could use it for Him. Amen? So David said their part will be the same as your part. That means your part and my part are the same. We serve a just God. We serve a God that loves us. We serve an extravagant God. We serve a God that says, go and get everything and take more. 
Amen? So I don't know today what the devil stole from you. I don't know what, what you've left back. I don't know what you have, have decided is not worth believing for. But God would say to you today, have it all. Don't settle for less than His best. Don't settle for less than His love has for you. Take it all. Be everything that He's got for you to be. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter who you've been. He is the God that forgives all. Heals all. Somebody told, somebody told you you couldn't get healed from that disease? They're wrong. Somebody said you couldn't grow a new limb? They're wrong. It's time to start seeing the miracles of God here and now. It's time to start not having less than He's promised. He's promised great and exceeding and precious promises unto us, and we should have it all. Amen? We are more than conquerors. You're more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Everyone is more than a conqueror. Why? Through Christ who loved us. Amen? Why are you more than a conqueror? Because God loves you. Amen? Amen. How many have had something stolen from them by the devil? Huh? It's time to take it back. Stand to your feet.